RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government announces a cash injection to help overloaded public hospitals cope with the surge in flu cases. The inquiry into shoddy work at Hungham Station is told that test results show that a key witness is telling the truth about corner cutting. And the government is accused of hypocrisy over the Heritage Fund after, after the Heritage Foundation again ranked the SAR the world's freest economy, but said Beijing is infringing on judicial independence. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has announced a $500 million cash injection to help the hospital authority cope with the winter flu season. Ahead of the weekly Exco meeting, Mrs Lam said she knew frontline medical staff faced immense pressure at overcrowded public hospitals. She said she was grateful for their efforts and said the government would look at long-term measures to improve the public health system. She said the cash would provide a short-term solution, such as hiring part-time doctors and awarding staff higher overtime pay. So in order to ensure that all these short-term measures could be implemented more smoothly and effectively, I I am announcing now that uh, like last year, uh, the government has reserved a um, a one-off allocation of $500 million that the hospital authority can come back any time to apply for the use of funding in order to uh, uh, effect those measures. Meanwhile, the city's health authorities say they have plans to ease the pressure on public hospital staff over the Lunar New Year. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government's asked private doctors to open their clinics over the holidays and hopes charitable organisations will also keep clinics open to alleviate overcrowding at public hospitals. Public clinics can also serve nearly 4,000 more patients during the Lunar New Year and the week after. The hospital authority says it's already distributed $500 million to hospital clusters to tackle an anticipated surge in demand. This year, an additional $400 million has also been set aside. Tony Coe is the Hospital Authority's Director of Cluster Services. Also now at the process of encouraging more staff to participate in the special underwriting scheme and also through various channels, including the newly established locum office, trying to recruit more medical nursing and other staff um, to come to support the hospital authority. And we understand that may uh, require additional resources. But on the whole, uh, with the 520 million we have already allocated to the clusters and also the additional 400 millions we have prepared within the hospital authority, uh, we believe that we should have the adequate resources to support all the measures that we plan to do. The lawyer representing the whistleblower in the inquiry into shoddy work at Hong Hom Station has dismissed accusations that Jason Poon was an untrustworthy witness. He says unsatisfactory test results at the Hong Hom Station platform are clear proof that Mr Poon was telling the truth. Wendy Wong reports. On the final day of submissions to the inquiry, the lawyer representing China Technology and his boss, Jason Poon, hit back at the MTR and Nathan's legal representatives, who repeatedly questioned Mr Poon's credibility and accused him of being aggressive and manipulative. Simon So said the test results at the station platform so far that showed dozens of reinforcement bars either being cut short or not screwed in properly are indisputable evidence that Mr Poon had told the truth. Mr So said his client may well be accused of having a bad temper and of being eager to talk to the media, but he stressed that however unpleasant his personality or character, it's quite another thing to say he's a liar, dishonest or simply making things up. He added that Mr Poon had risked his business and personal reputation to give evidence and nobody would have known about the extent of the shoddy work if he hadn't come forward. 
Mr. So added that there's now a mountain of iron-proof evidence that there was systematic and planned cutting of rebars, and the main contractor of the project, Leighton, simply has no reasonable defence. The hearing continues. The district court has sentenced a mainland man to nine months behind bars for smuggling rhino horns that could have been sold for more than a million dollars in the black market. Joanna Wong reports. Zhao Zhengxin pleaded guilty to importing specimens of endangered animals after the 27-year-old was caught at the airport in October carrying 2.9 kilograms of rhino horns hidden inside aluminum foil bags packed inside a red wine box. The three pieces of rhino horn were estimated to worth between $784,000 to $1.6 million. Judge Stanley Chan says he doesn't accept Zhao's claims that he bought the rhino horns from South Africa for medicinal purposes for his uncle who has cancer. He says a deterrent sentence is necessary to reflect the legislative purpose of tougher penalties that came into effect last May. The sentence took into account Charles' guilty plea and a low chance of reoffending. Civic Party leader Owen Young has accused the government of double standards over a Heritage Foundation report. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, thanked the foundation for ranking Hong Kong as the world's freest economy for the 25th year in a row, but she rejected its concerns that Beijing infringed on the SAR's judiciary. Here's what Mr Young had to say. You can't have two bites of the cherry. On one hand, you welcome Heritage Foundation's high ranking, make Hong Kong as the freest economy for the consecutive 20-odd years. But on the other hand, you reject their recommendations and observations. Well, obviously, the Heritage and, of course, along with other Western observers, see Hong Kong's rule of law as something very, very important. And you can't just reject their suggestions and observations and say there's no such thing. The U.S. Justice Department has unveiled criminal charges against the Chinese telecoms company Huawei and its chief financial officer, Meng Wanzhou. One indictment alleges that two affiliates of the company stole trade secrets from their U.S. rival, T-Mobile. The acting U.S. Attorney General, Matthew Whitaker, made this announcement. According to the indictment, in 2012, Huawei began a concerted effort to steal information about a robot that T-Mobile used to test mobile phones. In an effort to build their own robot... Huawei's engineers allegedly violated confidentiality and non-disclosure agreements with T-Mobile by secretly taking photos of the robot, measuring it, and even stealing it, stealing a piece of it. A second indictment accuses Huawei of covering up its true relationship with another telecoms company to sidestep U.S. sanctions on Iran. Huawei denies any wrongdoing. The U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said the charges would send a strong message to the company. For years, Chinese firms have broken our export laws and undermined sanctions, often using U.S. financial systems to facilitate their illegal activities. This will end. Huawei says it's being unfairly targeted to restrict its access to the American market. The BBC's Karishma Mazwani has this analysis. If you look at the detail of these charges against Huawei, they're pretty much piece by piece at the very heart of the U.S.'s problems with China. Intellectual property theft is one of the things that the U.S. Department of Justice is claiming Huawei has done, stealing technology from American companies, going through the U.S. financial system, deceiving it, if you will, in order to profit directly. Another consistent refrain we've heard from the United States about China. Now, the Commerce Secretary there, Wilbur Ross, saying this has nothing to do with trade talks. I think the Chinese will certainly not see it that way because the timing of this is pretty significant. 
President Trump will meet China's trade envoy on Wednesday and Thursday for talks aimed at resolving the trade dispute. The U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin said Vice Premier Liu He is leading a delegation of 30 officials to Washington. The U.S. and China have a month remaining in a truce declared in December before U.S. tariffs on hundreds of billions in Chinese exports are due to increase sharply. The United States wants to reduce the 330 billion U.S. dollar trade deficit with China and curb what they say is the theft of American technology. Researchers in the United States estimate that 300 million working hours were lost because of the recent five-week government shutdown. They say this translates into a loss to the economy of $3 billion. 800,000 government employees are now back at work and receiving their back pay. From Washington, here's the BBC's Jane O'Brien. From NASA to the National Park Service, it could take months to clear the backlog of work caused by the longest shutdown in U.S. history. After five weeks without wages, 800,000 federal employees have been ordered back to their departments today, a relief for many who were left struggling to pay their bills. But uncertainty lingers. Their return could be short-lived as President Trump is already threatening to close the government again if a bipartisan group fails to strike a deal on immigration that includes funding for a wall on the southern border. The British government has set out plans to end free movement for European Union citizens if it fails to reach a Brexit deal with the EU before the March deadline. Under the terms of a new bill, EU citizens will only be allowed to visit Britain for three months without a visa. Here's the BBC's Andrew Andy Moore. The Home Secretary, Sajid Javid, said he wanted to be clear that this policy applied only to people arriving after exit day. He said he wanted those EU citizens already here to stay and they were greatly valued. But in the event of no deal, he said the UK would deliver on the referendum result by ending free movement. For an interim period... EU citizens will be allowed to enter the UK as they do now. If they stay longer than three months, they will have to apply under a new European Temporary Leave to Remain scheme. The EU's Deputy Chief Brexit Negotiator, Sabina Vian, says there's a very high risk of Britain leaving the EU in March without a deal. She said the defeat the British Parliament inflicted on the deal agreed between the UK and the EU was crushing by any standard. Ms Vian said it's a challenge to see how a majority could be built and warned that much of the discussion in Britain about the withdrawal agreement was conducted without knowing what was in it. Our impression from here is that the discussion in London at the moment is uh, much more about the future of the country and the future of the EU-UK relationship than it is just about the content of the withdrawal agreement. In fact, uh, a lot of the discussion is uninhibited by any knowledge of what is actually in the withdrawal agreement. A new Canadian study says toddlers who spend lots of time using screens have delayed development of language and social skills. But the research, which tracked nearly 2,500 two-year-olds, didn't conclude that extended screen time was directly to blame. Finance now and currencies. The US dollar is trading at 109.22 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 14 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,436, 140 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $50 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. The NBA has opened an investigation into a trade request made by one of its big stars. Anthony Davis has made it public that he wants to leave the New Orleans Pelicans. The player's agent, Rich Paul, who also represents the Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James, told ESPN that Davis wants to go to a team that allows him a chance to win. 
RTHK's Ray Jovanovich says Davis will not be restrained by money. Anthony Davis, uh, the Chicago native, looking at a five-year, $248 million extension with the Pelicans, and he's turning it down. He's expecting uh, the possibility of joining LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, but the Pelicans are asking the NBA to look into any type of tampering with Davis uh, prior to his ability to uh, become a free agent. But can you imagine that? A $50 million a year contract. Unheard of, and it will be without question the biggest ever in American sports history. On the court, the Golden State Warriors have extended the league's longest winning streak to 11 after they routed the Pacers 132-100 to in Indiana. Steph Curry led the Warriors with 26 points. On to football, and Japan are through to the Asian Cup final after beating Iran 3-0 in the first semifinal in El Ain. Yuya Osako scored twice in the second half to put Japan in control. Genki Haraguchi added one more in the 90th minute. Japan captain Maya Yoshida says it was their best performance in the tournament so far. The beginning when we arrived to UAE, Abu Dhabi, we, we had a different con- physical condition. Someone already finished uh, the J League at the beginning of the December. Someone still playing like me, and someone had a winter break. So the first three games was really difficult. But after that, uh, Saudi Arabia, Vietnam, we play much better. And then finally today, we showed a great character defensively and offensively as well. The Asian Cup final will be played on Friday. Japan will face the winner of tonight's match between Qatar and the host UAE. The Chinese-owned Spanish club Espanyol have confirmed the signing of Shanghai SIPG striker Wu Lei. The 27-year-old was the Chinese Super League's top scorer last season with 27 goals in 28 games. He is currently out with injury and is expected to make his Spanish debut in March. Espanyol are 15th in La Liga. In England, Chelsea and Manchester United will face each other in the fifth round of the FA Cup following the draw made last night. Is the only All-Premier League tie in the last 16. There was one game in the FA Cup on Monday. Non-league Barnett earned a fourth-round replay against Brentford after twice coming from behind to draw 3-3. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government announces a cash injection to help overloaded public hospitals cope with the surge in flu cases. The inquiry into shoddy work at Hong Hong Station is told that test results show that a key witness is telling the truth about corner cutting on the project. And the government is accused of hypocrisy after the Heritage Foundation again ranked the SAR as the world's freest economy but said Beijing is infringing on judicial autonomy. The news from RTHK.